How do you create a deeper connection with consumers and build relationships that last a lifetime? We'll be discussing that with Mark Quinn and Mark Kinsley, Dos Marcos, on episode 16 of the Pete Primo Show. The show is brought to you by my free Facebook group, Pete Primo Sales and Marketing. Find out more at PetePrimo.com. This week's guests are Mark Quinn and Mark Kinsley. Guys, I could not be more excited that you're here. And um, I, I read your book over the over the weekend, uh, Come Back to Bed, and I have some some bad news. It was not good. It wasn't good mm. at all. It was great. It was unbelievably great. I read a lot of books, guys, and it's probably the best book I've written in, uh, written, uh, read in a couple of years. So that's probably counting 50, 60 books. So, wow. I don't know where to begin, but I just want to say this. When you guys are talking about some of the history of the mattress business, and by the way, if you're a business owner and you're not in the mattress business, stay tuned because this applies to you. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit of, of mattresses just because we're all in the mattress business here. But when you were talking about um, gray, gray beds and a lot of the same, same, I remember when all beds were blue and then they were all white. Now they're all gray. <laughs> That's uh, true. It is. It is. Uh, and, you know, Mark, you've been in this business your whole life before you wanted to be. <laughs> For sure. Uh, one of the things I I knew from my interview uh, with, with Kinsley that this book was going to be more than tactics and more than strategies. But I, what I didn't fully understand is really the kind you know you guys put this thing together so fast so i was expecting a good product but not a product that was finished at this high of a level and that would could actually transform someone's business if they just go through the exercises that you put in the book but i just want to read uh it's on page 11 Hey, anybody at home, if you got the book, you can read along with me. I'll just read two little things, and then I want to get your guys' reaction. This book focuses on principles and strategies which apply regardless of time and place. At its heart, this book is about finding the soul of your business and celebrating what makes you different. It's about finding the right core to strike so you connect with consumers on a deep level and build relationships that will last a lifetime. Absent value, people make decisions on price, especially if they don't know you. This book pushes you to find your brand and build value in everything you sell and in all you do. This is the, your key to bringing customers back to bed. So good, guys. So who wrote that? Is that you, Kinsley, or are you, Quinn? Well, I was reading along at home, just like you told us to do, Pete. And I've always had this joke with Quinn. The beauty about co-writing a book with someone is you can say, I wrote the good half if there was a bad half. 
<laughs> I, I think the appropriate answer to Pete's question is first, did you like what you just read? And then Kinsley can claim it as part of his writing. But I'll tell you, Pete, a lot of what we did, like I think Kinsley's the better writer. So I would write stuff and, and send it to Kinsley. And, you know, there'd be a lot of the meat on the bone for me. But he, he just has a great way of tweaking stuff. So I think we probably, there were elements of both of us in that passage you just read. But it's really funny, yeah. Pete, the, the way that Quinn and I work together and we work, you know, we've done almost 200 episodes of our podcast to date. Yeah. And yeah. I remember the origin of this book really goes back to a speech we gave in Houston to Nationwide Marketing Group. And the speech was designed to help people solve the number one challenge they face as independent retailers in the furniture and mattress business, which is driving foot traffic to their stores. And I remember rehearsing this speech that was all about driving foot traffic with Quinn and I had my part and he had his part and we got on stage and we literally flip-flopped the parts and I did his part and he did my part and it still worked really well. So I think that's definitely what happened in this book. You know, I would write something, he would make it better. He would write something, I would hopefully make it better and back and forth it went until we had something that was a little more polished and we had a great time doing it. It was a fun journey. Yeah. You know, I constantly talk about media, market, and message, but before you even get to those things, you have to identify uh, your identity as a store, where it, where you want it to be and where it really is, your culture in your store, and then, of course, creating your brand for your store. But you have to go through that to be able to actually get to the place where you really understand who my market is. And before you get to who my market is, you have to know, uh, you, you have to, to know who you are, what you want to be and who sometimes who you think you are and who you are are two different things. And you have some very specific exercises in there, uh, where you're asking for feedback from not only, um, your employees, but also from the consumer, which I thought was brilliant, guys. So did one of you guys say one thing and the other say, and then you married them up together? Or how did that kind of happen? No, a lot with Mark and I, it's, it's so what, like we've both said this, but the best part of writing this book was the fact that he and I got to do it together. And so I can't tell you, Pete, how many hours of conversations we had around these different things. And so we would just talk about like, and we always put the the customer and the retailer in the, in the middle of everything that we do. And so we just had that discuss that, that, that conversation and really the discovery when we did podcasts at Nationwide's primetime event, the last live event we went to, we did all these podcasts with these retailers. And it was so sad because they had these incredible stories about their granddad on the back of the truck and it's a generational business and how it got started and things they went through to keep it alive. And, and then you go to their website and you see the about us section on their website and it's so lame. It like just doesn't even touch really the essence of who they are. And so it's funny because every time we started to write a chapter, we're like, Oh, we'll write one about this. And Oh, we'll write one about that. And then you go, well, wait, we can't do that until, you know, this other groundwork is done. So we ended up, you know, adding chapters in because to really get to, the traffic di driving ideas and to do that right, you had to understand who, who you were first. And if you don't understand who you are and through the eyes, Pete, you said it through the eyes of yourself, 
through the eyes of your own employees, through the eyes of your customer, those three things, because there's going to be a, a difference in those opinions. But then it's also a future state. What do you want to become? So you have to understand the first three before, before you can evolve, evolve into that other state. So that's kind of how we looked at that. And then once people really had a good feel for who they were, then executing the other things in our book is so much easier because if you do it off brand, if you do it in a way that isn't really what you want to or how you want to be seen, then it can be a big mistake. And Kinsley's great at saying, whenever anything goes wrong, it usually goes wrong at the beginning. And so you got to get the beginning right. You need to understand who you are at first. Yeah. And we yeah. see this all the time, Pete, with uh, dealers and retailers that we talk with and we've worked with. You know, we started out writing this book to solve the number one problem with retail. Like how do we attract foot traffic? And so we had all these ideas that we had gathered up from more than 70 retailers from across the country. And we had them kind of coded up and themed up. Yep. <laughs> coded up and themed up. And we, we started putting it into something meaningful. And as we were doing that, we thought, oh my gosh, by writing the book, it revealed something. People are afraid to go pull all these levers to attract foot traffic because they don't know who they are. And so yeah. we had to backtrack and say, oh my gosh, we need to help people understand who they are and how to build yeah. a brand, how to develop that identity so that they can go out and trumpet their message from the highest mountain with confidence. And, and we realized that was a thematic element to why people were not doing this. And, and we see it all the time. So that's why it turned into you know, how, to, how to build a brand, how to build a brand that makes people fall in love with your store and how to attract foot traffic. But it's definitely a foundational element to it. And we, we take people through it. You know, I mean, we've done this for years, you know, back to when, you know, my agency days. I worked at marketing agencies and I did this with clients all the time. And Quinn and I both were responsible for Leggett and Platt's in-house agency, which is about 40 people. And we helped our internal clients do it. But you, you got to get into the nuts and bolts of, you know, who, who am I? Who do I want to be? Does that match up with my culture within my company? How do you go through mission, vision, values, culture, brand to get all the way down to that meaningful output? And, and look, it's a hazy, esoteric process for a lot of people to go through. And then they start asking questions like, well, what does this look like? What is it going to look like? But right. if you do that deep, hard work, you get there and you find yourself. And when you find yourself, you go out into your market with huge confidence in a way that's differentiated from your competition. And then you got something that is a runaway locomotive. And the examples that you guys used in the book of some of the things that you guys executed when you guys were at Leggett and Platt really drove the point home of, you know, being number one in a category, uh, creating a new category where there isn't one. Um, I, I think the, the, the lessons are, are incredible. And, you know, I, I see this. I don't know if you do, but I do. I see this as the beginning of a whole other consultant business. I mean, you could have separate courses. I, I sketched out some, some courses for you. You could do a course mm -hmm. just on the, the part in the book where you taught, walk through the exercises on identity. That's a course in and of by itself. If you did a deep dive on that, that's a course that would be by itself. What you did on culture, a course, standalone course, what you did on brand, 
and then coaching and consulting to to work with people one on one. You know, it was really funny because there was a four store chain. And I saw a dramatic, and I'm not going to use their name. I saw a dramatic change in their website. And then it was about a year or two years later, I found out from you, Mark, that you were the one behind that change. And I know that you're, you're not going to take credit for it, but in a million years, and these are great people, wonderful people. They could have never got there in a million years without without you. And what you came up with was authentic for them. And that's the beauty. You gave them position in the marketplace. You gave them a, a whole new look to their website. Uh, just an, a, an absolute transformation. And one of the things uh, that we all have to realize, and you guys do a great job in your book, you know, the new front door to your business isn't your front door. Your new front door is your website. That's the front door to your business. And a lot of times the front door is even social media, but for sure it's your website. So one of the things I would like everybody to know, if you're watching this on video and you want to um, just watch it as a podcast, listen to it as a podcast in your car, just go to your favorite uh, podcast platform. It's there. It's not there because of me, guys. It's there because of Get Super Serial because they put it on every podcast platform there is. Um, I did my own uh, show years ago, and I got tired of uploading stuff and write copying descriptions of shows and publishing. So I just let Get Super Serial do everything for me. And so anyway. Whatever podcast platform you like, it's on there already. So that's my little commercial that you can find this as a podcast in case you're listening to it as a video and you realize that me and uh, Quinn and Kinsley are going to go on for a little bit here and you don't have time to finish it, finish it in your car. So that's my commercial. And I want to take my hat off to you guys because you guys addressed a lot of things in this book that a lot of people are just not willing to even talk about in our industry. And, and, and the one uh, thing that I said, wow, I can't believe they took this on. And it really has nothing other, other than this. It has to do with a challenge that's out there that a lot of retailers are ducking their heads in the sand on and they think it's going to go away and it's not going to go away. And if they don't start to address it, um, they're going to be in trouble. And so I'm just going to read a little bit and I'm actually going to read this backwards. I'm going to read from 120 to 121. It's going to take all of one minute. A customer may think they've done their homework by identifying a brand consistently that consistently appears in best mattress lists. But all they've actually done is identify a brand that consistently pays spammy websites the most money. And then I'm going to go backwards to 119. Unfortunately, untrustworthy mattress review sites are rampant and shoppers in your store will likely come into contact with these sketchy blogs. 
with this information, use this information to educate your team and your customers. Once the shopper clicks that affiliate link, they're redirected to the Matches Brands website. When the shopper completes the purchase using that trackable affiliate link, the mattress company sends a commission check for $150 to the owner of that review uh, website. And you'll see what I wrote. Bam. <laughs> about time somebody talked about it. About time somebody brought it to light. You know what? I am sure that other industries have their challenges, but in terms of what the mattress industry is, is, enduring the last uh, few years and uh, how COVID impacted and then the supply chain interruption. And now we have Shipageddon. Uh, you know, my partner, Nick Marcos, we play a game. Who's got the highest price for a container? The highest price for a container was, you know, used to be around 3000 bucks. Now, so about a month ago, I said, I got you beat. I got 7,700. He goes, no, I got you beat 8,800. Got you beat 10,000. Nick beat us all, 11,000. Now I'm hearing that $10,000 for a container is common and it's going to go up. So our, our, my point is this. Um, we have a lot of challenges in this industry. And if this marketing book, and that's really what it is. And it's more than just a marketing book, but it, it, it's a book on making your company better. And, and there's a lot of marketing wisdom in here. Um, and there's a lot of great exercises in here. If it can work for a mattress retailer, it can work for your industry. Trust me. And, and, and I don't want your book to ever get pigeonholed as it's a mattress book. It's how to succeed in the mattress business. It's not. It's how to find your voice as a business and how to find your own megaphone and to get your message out there in a bunch of clutter. Um, Pete, and it's uh, on that, that note. Have. Yes. Yeah, no, thank you. On that note, we, we appreciate the kind words, by the way, and the endorsement of the book. And it means a lot to us and um, hopefully your audience uh, gets a chance to pick it up. But when it comes to the things you were talking about, um, it is for anyone. We've Kinsley and I have been on podcast shows recently with uh, in the restaurant space, restaurant uh, uh, restaurant rock star, I believe, uh, spapreneur. Uh, we did a show for a guy in the cabinet business. That this book doesn't have any uh, restriction, or um, it's not just for the mattress industry. There's no doubt um it's for everyone because it is principles there are things that you can come back to in the book for years to come so hopefully in two three four five years down the road you'll read this book again and go yep that's still true um so it's not tactics uh the other part of it is on the review sites just to quickly make a comment that it is absolutely true that number one this industry is incredibly difficult to navigate for a consumer so then when you stir in the fact that the review sites are making it more difficult uh, they're not straightforward in terms of what their intention is. So they have a, a top 10 list for side sleepers, <clears throat> meaning the best bed for side sleepers, which you can't really know what the best bed for anyone is until they get into your department. You don't know their weight, their body style, they have any back pain issues, all that. So all those lists are just clickbait. And we think they're very disingenuous and they're not there. Those websites aren't there to help people. They're there to create revenue in, in that link. So the disruption of those sites, that's very true. 
And so we want to really shine a light on that and make sure people understand. And also just think of it this way, people listening to this, we're in the education business these days, right? So you have to educate consumers in your market about those bad actors, but you also have to become educators in your market about the benefits of great sleep. Because if you're selling mattresses, then you're falling short. So those two things, we got to talk about those things and educate consumers before they get to us. So when they come to us, they can appreciate what we're doing for them. Yeah. Yep. Jeff Janakovo does a wonderful job. Uh, You know, he coined the term, uh, you know, the goal of his store is basically for his customers to wake up happy and pain-free. Now, happy and pain-free doesn't mean there are medical doctors writing prescriptions in the store. And some people will never be pain-free, but as pain-free as they can humanly possibly get, given the, the fact of whatever conditions that, that ail them. But I think that as an industry, we've gotten a little bit better at talking about outcomes that customers will enjoy. Um, but I see often a disconnect between and you guys did a great job of pointing this out in the book. How do we bring a customer into the store and under what auspices we bring them into the store and then what the experience in the store is. And often there's a disconnect. And a lot of what your book is about is syncing up those things, having advertising and marketing that works with your culture, that works with um, your sales process, that works with, uh, everything together seamlessly. And I think that's why this exercise on identity, culture, and brand is just so important. That's really, to me, is the heart and soul of your book. It's so true, Pete. And one of the things that if you go back to that four-store chain that you mentioned, it's a great yeah. example of what a lot of people run into. You know, this, this group of people are phenomenal, wonderful human beings, and they had a good business, but they I really dug in and asked tough questions. And one of the questions that we swirled around, and it happens to almost everyone, is what makes you different? Well, we're family owned. And we kept going back to family owned, family owned, family owned. Well, family owned and local and value and quality, these are all what I call hollow words. These are hollow terms. They don't mean anything to anybody. So it's our job as business owners and as brand builders to put some vivid definition around what it actually means to be family owned. And so if you're family owned, is your family in all of your advertising? Is your family on that front door to your business, your website? Is your family showing its personality? Um, How are you making sure that family owned as a differentiator is actually lived out? And many times people say these things and they don't do them. And so it's all about, like you said, finding that brand, finding that differentiation, and if family, family owned is not a differentiator, but your family is different, your family is unique, as long as you put that front forward, you can't hide it. Otherwise, you don't have a differentiator. But the moment you put your family's personality out there, uh, you do have something that is unique and different and something that no one can recreate. The guy down the street can knock you off on price, but they can't take your family and recreate it. And whenever you put it front forward and out there for people to see, you're going to create a bigger moat around your business and you're going to be living that authentic, true self. And that's where the connection happens. When people come into your store, they're going to see, have seen your family on the website or on TV or on social media. And then they're going to see your family in the store 
and there is no disconnect for the consumer. And it feels like uh, an experience with continuity. And, and that's what people are after today. They're, they're looking for someone to trust. We want so badly to be told what to do. We'll listen to anybody sometimes. But we really are looking for filters and ways to navigate a complicated world. And in our case, a very complicated buying cycle with purchasing a mattress. And so we, we don't want people to develop brands and then do all this brand building work. And then whenever it's Memorial Day, you have a big sale and that sale promotion message interrupts your identity. We want to take that family owned brand, for example, and on Memorial Day, put together promotions that magnify your brand, not interrupt it, not feel like, okay, we're going to put that on a shelf for a while while we do our promotional activities over here. We want to creatively connect those things. And, and that, you know, Pete, back to, to Mark's point on that, just another addition, you know, we, we talk about the brands and Kinsley's saying family owned doesn't mean anything. It's hollow language until you put something forward. So just think about this. Um, Kinsley and I studied with a guy named Roy Williams. Roy Williams is a New York Times bestselling author. We talk about it in the, in the book. He wrote a book called Wizard of Ads and we went to Austin, Texas and spent some time with him. Kinsley's actually been back another time since then. And one of the things that he said is people don't fall in love with your company. They fall in love with personalities, right? So it's not a company. And so if you say you're family owned and you don't put anyone forward and they don't know anyone in your family and there's no compelling reason to connect with them or they don't feel anything about your family because you've not done a good job of expressing who your family is, that's why it's hollow. And, and Kinsley brought up a great point. And that's, that's the exclamation point at the end of that. Yeah, I remember years ago I did a little book review of uh of Roy's book and I thought it was excellent and uh I found out that we all had that in common which so I would say this to a store owner if you're going to put uh your family out there and say we're a family owned business then pr just pretend that your customer is from Missouri and what do they call Missouri? The show me state, right? Show me. You say you're family owned. Now I want to see your family. Show me your family. I want to see the dog. I want to see the young little girl on her daddy's lap. I want to see the grandchildren. Show me your family. They're not going to steal your family. I hope they don't steal your family. That means you might get off. I don't know. The kid from Schenectady, New York's coming out now. Hey guys, I got to pay the bills and I am going to read a quick chapter out of my book. It's called Your Store's Website. And boy, this was written back in 2015. It's become so much more important today than it was when I wrote it. Your Store's Website is not a business card with hours and locations. It must engage your potential customer. You must offer something of value to the customer to get them to trade their contact information for your report for your free report, book, or video series, the bare minimum is their email address and name. More advanced stores like Gardner's Mattress and more offer a second opt-in so that they can get more complete information. And that's where they actually offer to send you a book and that's where they grab your address. They simply offer to mail a hard copy of their book and the customer in exchange for their address and phone number. Now they have complete contact information to market to the end customer customer with information instead of shouting, hurry, sale ends tomorrow. Ben McClure does a great job. That's, uh, that is actually, you know, 
to the industry, Jeff Janakovo is the face of Gardner's Mattress. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Jeff's not the face of that business. Ben McClure is the face of that business. And they strategically do it that way. He does, ben does a great job of engaging his customers with a welcome video pointing the customer to their free book and how to avoid making wet mistakes when shopping for mattresses. Um, see how the best marketers in the mattress industry do it. If a picture is worth a thousand words, what is a video worth? And, you know, one of the things since this book has been written, Justin Trumbo from BedTech who owns the, uh, the, the Midwest franchise, your front door is not your front door. Your front door is your website and your website. And Mark, you were one of the first guys out there. I mean, I think you, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure 90% sure you were the first guy on, on, on the wholesale side of the business and actually on the supply side of the business to have a website. Um, and what you did with uh, when I was actually with Sherwood and, and what you did behind the scenes to help the elements with that website and with your website when you launched Spink and Edgar and, of course, subsequently Spink and Company, your websites just kick butt, Mark. I mean, serious craziness. And then Kinsley, I don't know if the same people... Uh, did the work for Englander, but Englander got a great facelift recently. We all got to keep up with the times on this website thing. What would you guys add to, I mean, that chapter was written, it was probably written in 2014. In our book, we do kind of cover off on website, you know, and, you and I think in our oh, industry right now, they, we talk a lot about e-commerce and that's such yeah an area of focus for people but you know for the independent retailer that's not wanting to spend tens of millions of dollars to get into the roll pack mattress space how do you treat your website in a way that becomes an extension of your business and in one of the things that you know we got some great advice from jennifer danko who's with nationwide marketing group she said your website really does need to be a one-to-one -one accurate mirror of your in-store experience so for example if you offer you know, an extra, if you charge an extra fee for delivery outside of a 25 mile radius, people should be able to pay for that on your website. Um, if you have extra parts and pieces that go with adjustable bases, you should offer all of that up on your website and make it easier for people to transact with you. And I think that's becoming kind of the, the swirling conversation of focus is how do people want to transact? Well, you need to meet them where they are. So if they want to buy online and pick up in the store, it should be easy for them to do that. If they want to come to your store and experience the products and then leave and go home and never come back to your store, but buy the product and then have it shipped to their house or have your delivery people bring it to their house, you should make that easy on them. You know, uh, the, the, we got a great dealer in North Carolina that, you know, they use Podium. And so with Podium, you can text the customer all the information from whatever they were looking at and text them a payment link. And so if they do leave your store and they hop on the BBAC bus, and by the way, the BBAC bus only goes in one direction. It doesn't come back to your store. So if they hop on the BBAC bus and they're not gonna be back, they have all that information and a way to pay and transact even when they leave your store. And that's, that's what we're talking about with websites these days. I think that's so, so important. Be who you are, but be relevant and be able to connect with consumers in ways that they wanna interact with you. You know, we had a, 
a guy on our show named Adam Levine, not the singer from Maroon 5, um, but he's the founder of Hero App. And the whole, their whole thing is virtual shopping made more human. And so they have these great tools now where you can literally pop up a video on your site and your salesperson who's sitting there in the store, probably not doing anything, if you're in the mattress space, that's the majority of the time, sitting there not doing anything. They can talk to consumer, answer questions, show them products, and connect with people in ways that are relevant and meaningful and use that downtime more strategically. So your website, it, it's changing. Um, but think about what would be a world-class experience and then put that together. Do the hard work. You know, simple and hard are sometimes the same thing. And one, one of the things that, that I'm going to read right out of your book is, we know simple isn't always easy, but we keep after it until simplicity emerges. And so what I would say to you, if, if, you, if you grab Mark's book, Mark and Mark's book, Come back to bed and you should, you should buy it and you should implement it and you should call these guys because they're great guys and they will help you implement it. You have to put in a certain amount of work and as you're putting in the work, confusion is going to happen and things will get muddier, but you keep putting in the work and then the simplicity emerges. I, I forgot who it was, it might've been Leonardo da Vinci and, and talking about M Michelangelo, basically saying, you know, I just chipped, I just freed him from the rock. He saw him and he freed him from the rock. So he had this vivid, this vivid vision of what the statue was gonna be and he just had to free. And sometimes you, this creative process that you're going through, you go through, a lot to get to this simple thing it's but simple is not not usually easy you know I, that's what i i would say uh you're gonna go through some confusion and you have to keep working your way through one of the best parts of the book and i hate to keep going back to this but i i just was so impressed by it i have to um is your pick pick a celebrity exercise when you're you're trying to find the identity of your company and it pers personify your company pick a celebrity it's a shortcut and then there's a list of uh, 12 questions i'm not going to read them I, you need to buy the book to to, to, to get that uh, but that was a great quick kind of get you started get the juices flowing um so whose idea was that quinn, quinn. Well, <laughs> so this is a great example of how Kinsley and I work together. I think my contribution to that was the personification of your brand. So if someone walks through the door of your building and it's your company, but they're dressed as a person, what kind of clothes are they wearing? Uh, what kind of truck are they driving? What does their playlist look like? Uh, what do they like to do for fun? Uh, what do they read? Um, where do they go on vacation? You really need to know who you are because when you do that, it's really funny. And then you can ask again, ask your employees and ask your customers. And when Kinsley and I were at Lagano Platt, we kind of decided it was an, like an older white guy that drove a pickup truck or overalls, but had a really big stick because Lagano had a lot of uh, leverage 
Wall Street Journal in the back pocket because they were very informed, uh, but just good people, but not on the cutting edge of much, you know. And so that was kind of what we did with Leggett. And then Kinsley kind of said um, he brought to the table an exercise he had done where it, you know turned it into a celebrity, right? So we're familiar with people on television and they're more dynamic personalities. So maybe pick the celebrity that most resembles who you are. So, you know, when you mosh all that together, there's a good answer in that. And, you know, for anyone listening to this stuff and you, you think about the website, be just some encouragement for them because, you know, we said earlier, action is the answer. But like in your website, um, there may be multiple things you need to do. Don't feel like you have to go out and, and sell everything that you have online. Maybe the first step is just to, um, understand, like we're talking about now, understand your brand so that you know when you do a remodel on the website, you know what you want it to feel and look like, right? So that's step one. Take, just get little wins as you move along. And we talk about nationwide too. We did this recently on our podcast. And we said, listen, you can go to a lot of marketing companies that will confuse you and sell you things you don't need. If you're a member of someone like Nationwide, then you can go to them and those guys have your best interests at heart. And they have great web development tools. So you can work with them where you know they're not trying to just sell you stuff you don't need. They are actually in the industry. They know what works and they can help you that way. So anyway, I just wanted to, you know, because the internet, the website, the, you know, selling stuff online, it's a little daunting. If that's not yeah. the business you're in, it can be very technical, but don't be afraid by that. And just know that there are good answers out there for you. Yep. That's awesome. So. Can I talk about Cage or is that getting too deep? Talk about Let's Cage. It. Absolutely. So it's an acronym and it stands for Community Answers Given and Experiences. And to me, it's literally a roadmap, a creation roadmap. But I'm going to let the authors explain that to you because I thought it was just mind blowing when I saw it and you guys, you know, you guys have lived it for so long. You don't even understand what you've created here. You don't. I'll set it this up. How is about a, that? This is, this is a, a literally a life jacket for a retailer who is drowning in an ocean and all they have to do is grab it and put the darn thing on. But go ahead, guys. I didn't mean to hog up the airtime. I'm good for well, that. I'll, I'll set it up by saying this, you know, like, like I mentioned, this book, its origin goes back to the speech we gave it nationwide to about 400 furniture mattress retailers. And they were trying to figure out how do we drive foot traffic? And so our, the title of our speech was how to drive big foot traffic. And as part of the speech, we had a guy dress up as Bigfoot and come out on stage and Bigfoot was a DJ. And we played this rap song that we wrote years ago and worked with Second City Communications out of Chicago on. And Quinn and I came out in these dressed in milk white clothes with rappers chains on that said springs and foam. And the Bigfoot was up there DJing. And we were just having a blast trying to live out some of the principles that we were going to talk about. But we, we made this joke of how do you capture Bigfoot traffic? Well, with a cage. You got to have a cage if you're going to capture that Bigfoot traffic. And the CAGE stands for Community Answers Giving Experiences. And the whole point was, what kind of framework can you use to understand how you're going to connect with people in a meaningful way? So you can be really involved in your community. 
you can be like our buddy Jeff Shire at uh, Mattress to Go in Shelby Township, Michigan. He offers answers. He's a thinker. He loves componentry. He loves explaining how components deliver better sleep. So he focuses on the A, the answer side of things. And that's how he connects with people in a meaningful way. Uh, perhaps you are very giving in your community in some way, like you give to charities, you're involved in charities, you give of your time. That is be, be the best giver. And then the last one, maybe you're amazing at creating world-class experiences. Well, be the best in your community at creating these world-class experiences. Um, but the cage method is, is your, I kind of think about it as your major in college. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to do some other classes in college, but you majored in community. And so you are going to be extra involved in the community in ways that your competition can't or won't. And you're going to own that kind of real estate in people's minds. And as I read through that part of the book, guys, I had a lot of funny stories going off in my head where, you know, as I'm getting to know my dealers better and I'm saying, hey, show me your last ad and kind of going through all the stuff that we learned in rep school. And I'd be like, well, you know, you do all this stuff in the community, but you never get credit for it. I don't understand. I mean, I understand being a good person and that's enough reward, but here's, here's the thing. I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Does A, B, and C store down the street do this? No, they don't do that. Do you think your customer should know? Does your customer have the right to know? And the answer to that question is they do. And to me, it's a beautiful thing that you do it out of the goodness of your heart. But the fact that you're doing it, it needs to be expressed and communicated. You need to get credit for it. I'm, I'm sorry. It's a differentiator and it's a huge differentiator. And the fact that you don't want to put it out there makes me want to put it out there for you because that's really what makes you different. You have a heart and some of these other guys, not so much. You know, Pete, I think it's important when, when we talk about that, we, we even wrote about this in the book. So if people aren't talking about the time that they're in the community and what they're doing there, or if they're not talking about the charity, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a faith guy. And one of the things I grew up learning, and it's in the Bible, it's that you don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. And I respect that. So we've kind of talked about this in a different way, though. If you talk about what you're doing in the community, so meaning one of the forces behind people not talking about these things might be humility. Uh, there might be a faith element to that. So we just ask people to think about this a little bit differently. So if you have a event, um, I have a friend of mine who has a retail business and one of his um, salespeople uh, was in the military. And so when they came back from uh, Afghanistan, I believe, they were suffering for some from some PTSD. And so he, in, in, in really emotional things and really struggling, so he went and he did some work with this group that helped veterans. And so the retailer has this great heart and he's like, hey, this, you know, this group and organization really helped my guy. And um, it really did amazing things for him. So we want to have a sale and then a, a portion of the proceeds will go to benefit that group. And so he ran the sale and he says, hey, by the way, X percent will go to help this organization. That's one way to do that. Another way to do that is 
talk about what you're doing, but don't take credit for anything. Make the hero of that story, either through your social media outreach, or if you're going to put it in the ad itself, make the organization highlight them. Talk about all the things that organization does for veterans and put them in the limelight of that and say, because of who they are and what they contribute, my guy at you know our store benefited greatly from that. So now you're connecting yourself to that charity or that community action, right? So now you're part of the story because of your employee, but you're still making them the hero of your story. That's how you can do that stuff. And still, when, when I find out if you're in my town, that you're doing that kind of thing for veterans, and I have some veterans in my family, it connects me to you. It knows that you and I share some similar beliefs and principles, and it makes me want to come and do business with you. So you've earned something from me, and you've been able to tell a story about that work, but making in the right way, making the hero, the charity, or the community group that you're working with, and then connecting to them in a cool way, so it's just a, a little bit of a tweak in, in terms of how people might look at that. And humility is awesome, but think of it this way also. If you're working for that charity and that veterans group, if you talk about them, what are the chances that maybe other people learn about what they do? Maybe they're giving money now. If people understand that you're donating to a charity and you educate them on that other charity and they find that you're maybe it inspires other companies to participate. And so there is a huge benefit in telling that story if you do it in the right way. Yep. Let me take a moment to tell you about my free Facebook group, Pete Primo Sales and Marketing. Whether you're a business owner or a sales professional, whatever industry you're in, you'll find daily tips and motivation to help you be better at, at sales and marketing. There's some management in there too. Join today, Pete Primo Sales and Marketing on Facebook. And as the social media scene changes, we will be on there with, with groups as well. So uh, one of the things that was interesting that you said, uh, Mark, is you're not on Twitter and I'm not on Twitter anymore either. And um, social media will change. One of the things that I love about your book is this book is evergreen. It is, uh, it's, this book will be as valuable 10 years from now as it is today, uh, maybe more so, um, because it's not tactic heavy. It is finding your voice, finding a way to differentiate yourself, finding a way to sharpen your message and then going out there and, and, and winning. So, uh, my guys kind of take care of all that social media stuff for me. So I don't even have to mess with it. One of the things that I loved about your book, and, and this is guys, well, first I want to speak to you, Kinsley. I thought you were Mark Quinn's Robin and he was Batman. And what I've learned is actually you're Batman and he's Robin. No, no, you guys are awesome together. I, I, and I'm still speaking to you, Mark Kinsley. You have been a breath of fresh air to this industry. Uh, you're, you came in with a fresh set of eyes and still have one all these years later. You constantly, and, and Mark Quinn, you too, you guys constantly go from outside of the industry and bring the best from outside the industry into our industry. And one of the problems that we have in this industry is we get so myopic. 
And so many times when I've asked a retailer, why do you do blah, blah, blah? They'll say, because the guy down the street does it. And I'll say, well, did you know the guy down the street's going out of business? No, I didn't know that. Well, they are, and you're copying them. So maybe we need to think this thing through a little bit and, and change the way uh, we do things. So to me, I, I think that one of the biggest mistakes that we we make, and it's probably true in every industry, I've been told by being in masterminds with other industries that it's in almost every industry is we get myopic. We we get so focused on a certain, you know, years and years ago, it was six hour sales. And, you know, um, today it's it's this social media platform, which won't even be in business in five years. It'll be a different social media platform. It'll be completely different. There's technologies that we don't even know exist. They haven't even uh, been discovered yet. And there's going to be new technologies and that's going to be the new way to do business. And what I'm saying to everybody out there that's listening, no matter what business you're in, is even though it's called come back to bed, oh, here, is that better? Come back to bed. It's really for all businesses. Do you want to attract more foot traffic? Of course you do. But do you want to make people fall in love with your store? And do you want to be create a brand where you become the preferred uh, choice in your marketplace for something other than price? That's that's a $64,000 question. Um, can I talk about Hatch a little bit, or is that getting a little too deep? Rock and roll. Talk Hatch. Hatch is okay. So I laughed when I saw this. Um, you know, hold a brainstorm, act crazy. And I, I dug that, actually. Take a nap I didn't get, but then I realized I, I do that. I do that every time I create. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, take a nap choose ideas, hand it off to the creative team. And guys, if you are a one or two person store, this is something you have to learn to do. You have to learn how to literally, if you physically have to do it, put a different hat on and say, I am now wearing this hat because you have to do that. And one of the things that, you know, Dan Kennedy says it. Oh, I don't even know the first person that said said it. But find time to work on your business, not just in your business. And that sounds really easy to do when you've got some extra employees. But when you're doing everything, it almost seems overwhelming. But it's something that we have to discipline ourselves to do. And I'm going to let these guys talk about this acronym because it it's so important before you start to implement to to get creative to get some quantity and uh i'm gonna let i'm gonna let the authors talk sorry well pete it's uh it's something that we run into a lot you, you, i'm gonna connect to a couple of ideas here you talked about uh the industry is getting myopic and and a sea of sameness and it's because we go to the same conferences and companies hire the same consultants and employees move from one company within our vertical to another company within our vertical. And we just have this echo chamber 
that we get stuck in and it happens in every industry, just like you said. And so yeah. now more than ever, I think it's incredibly important if you want to be seen in a sea of sameness, you have to figure out how to stand out. And I think creativity is a way to get to these ideas that can help you stand out. And so that's why we, we realized that as you're building your brand, as you're working on attracting foot traffic to your store, um, as you're sol trying to solve any business problem, creativity uh, seems to be in short supply in a lot of companies. And so we, we had this method that we've used for years and we just put it down on paper. And we obviously came up with a way to uh, turn it into an acronym called HATCH. But when you're going to hatch brilliant ideas, I think if I was going to focus on anything, it would be the brainstorming process, which is hold a brainstorm. That's the very first thing. And, and what I've seen happen in brainstorms is, like Quinn said, when things go wrong, they probably went wrong at the beginning. Well, that is definitely true in brainstorms because, number one, you probably have the wrong people in the room. You can't have somebody in the room that's going to kill the momentum um, or somebody that doesn't have a positive attitude. So get, get a group of people together that have positive attitudes and define their roles. And here, this is probably the most important part. In a brainstorm, you're going for volume of ideas. You do not select ideas in a brainstorm. You want as many ideas as humanly possible to come out of that brainstorm. And here's how you get them. You can't have somebody that's squashing ideas as soon as they're coming out of somebody's mouth. So you agree to something from the very beginning. And it's what comedians do when they work in pairs. Yes. And you tell everybody the only words we're going to use in transition are yes. And so if somebody says, yeah, there's a grandma breathing fire. And then the next person says, no, no, why don't, why don't we should have the grandma like breathing ice? Well, you killed the whole thing. So if you right. say there's a grandma breathing fire, yes, and she's riding a dragon. And so, so you're building on ideas. Right. And then as you build on these, these ideas, you're putting them somewhere, you're capturing them somewhere. And here's what's probably going to happen. Whenever it gets completely silly, you know you're getting to a good spot. Because right on the other side of silly is something that's non-obvious. And when you get to that which is non-obvious, you're getting to a place of surprise. And surprise is the foundation of delight. And surprise has the ability to grab attention. And in our businesses and our marketing and our advertising, if you fail to grab people's attention, you've wasted all your money because they're not going to listen to anything you have to say, even if it is serious. So I, I always tell people, look, if your idea seems crazy, then you're probably being a good steward of your budget because the middle is death. Yeah. If something's like, this is, this seems good. We, we like this. No, it's, it's a, <laughs> you're, you're going to get stuck in a, in a holding pattern that's not going to produce results for your business. So you have to use these brainstorms to get to something meaningful and magical in a way that connects with people, at least interrupts their guessers. Because we're walking around all day, guessing what's going to happen next. We're amazing at it as human beings. And you have to stop that schema from, thinking it knows where things are going and we have to grab people's attention. So all of that to bring it back to the hatch method, it's incredibly important to have a proper brainstorm, define the roles, say we're going to use yes and, and push through past that which is obvious to get to something magical and meaningful. 
you know, Pete, to tag on to that, I think everyone listening needs to think of one thing, right? So why is creativity important? So the, the companies going forward that appreciate and understand that their ability to think creatively around their business is what's going to keep them surviving, but thriving going forward because the people who aren't doing stuff like this. So if you're not a creative person, that's okay, but you can do things like what we're talking about with the hatch method to help inspire creativity within your own walls. And really, if you don't have a great creative brain in your business, you need to hire people like that because that's going to help you a lot. And then think about your business too, for everyone that is out there, what differentiates your company? Kinsley and I talked very much about um, if you don't differentiate in your business today, so um, decide to do it differently. Number one, you have to make a decision. Second of all, you have to be different. Um, and then, or, or uh, you have to do something about that. And then third, you have to be, you know, ultimately choose to be different. But if you're not different, if you're the same, if you, if someone walks into your sleep shop and it's kind of like all the other sleep shops, if someone walks into your restaurant and it's just another place to eat, someone walks into your spa and it looks like every other spa, why? Creativity doesn't cost money. And a lot of the times, the things that you can do to differentiate, differentiate who you are can be something very simple. There's a restaurant, I, I always bring this example up, in, in Springfield, Missouri, it's called Lambert's. And their, their way to differentiate, one is that they have family-style food, which is whatever, anyone can do that. The other part is they throw rolls at you, right? So you're sitting at, at dinner and you're having a meal. And their whole get, gimmick or game is that if you want a hot roll, smells good, tastes delicious, uh, they'll literally throw it at you from across the room and they're known for something like that, right? So what's your business known for? How is it different? And don't tell me your people and don't tell me your products and don't tell me your pricing because it's all table stakes, all that stuff. You have to have that stuff and it does not differentiate you. So what is going to really, do, and, and I, I say people can definitely differentiate. So I'm, I'm, I'm maybe overstepping that the extreme part of that comment, but at the end of the day, though, what is it that really differentiates you, right? You got to think about that. Is it your selling process? Is it the way you decorate your stores? It is it, you know, how you're handling them post-sale? So if there isn't something memorable, if you're not creating experiences, your business isn't different enough for people to talk about after you're gone, then what do you really have? right? You've got to work towards the differentiation. And that's why the, the, the hatch method is so incredibly important is because it can help you get to that differentiation. By the way, you talked about sleeping on it. Just a real quick comment for you. Um, we, we strongly believe that when you get done with ideas, if you sleep on it, your brain indexes that stuff. And the way things look to you the next day can be really different because your subconscious mind has been working on that. And there's a lot of benefit to just giving it some time marinate on it and then come back at it the next day. Yep. You know, one thing yep. that, that I would also say when you're thinking about differentiating, we talk a lot about positioning. I want to explain this to people. And this is really important. How do you create a category in which you can be first? And there's a great book called The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. And it's an old book by uh, Jack Trout and Al Reese. And yep. in the book, they, they talk about the fundamental issue with marketing is, is positioning. How do, you, how do you find a category in which you can be first? And, and I want to preface this by saying specificity is a form of bravery, but that specificity is going to cut through the clutter. And they tell a story about the first person to fly across the Atlantic Ocean, and it was Charles Lindbergh. And then they tell the story about 
the second guy to fly across the Atlantic Ocean. He did it faster and by all metrics, better. Use less fuel. Well, who was, who was it? Nobody really remembers because he was not first in that category. So who is the third person? Guess what? There wasn't a third person to fly across the Atlantic. There was only the first woman, Amelia Earhart. She created a category in which she could be first, the first woman to fly across the Atlantic. So if you want to walk that down, you know, suddenly if you're 16 years old, the, the first kid to fly across the Atlantic. So when you look at your marketplace, you're going to have to get specific because a lot of that real estate is already taken in people's minds by someone else. So you're going to have to get specific and be brave. Um, think about it like a, a jewelry store. If I'm going to go open a jewelry store right now, I'm not going to open a jewelry store that sells watches and bracelets and diamond earrings and all that other stuff. I'm going to come into your market and I'm going to sell engagement rings. Yeah, all that other stuff is going to be there for people to buy when they come in and buy engagement rings. But I am going to be known for engagement rings. Uh, number one, it's, it's a pretty consistent business. People are still getting married and they get married consistently. But when you message around that, you're being brave by saying, we are the engagement ring superstore. Nobody does engagement rings like, like us. Um, so you, you got to figure out what category you can be first in and what you can own. And it's going to sound specific. That doesn't mean there's not an ecosystem of stuff around that. Guys, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing um, and sharing some of the ins and outs of your book. And everybody listening, if you have not gotten this book yet, come back to bed. It's on Amazon. I got it on Amazon. Uh, any place else they can get it, guys? That's the best spot, Amazon. Okay. Go to Amazon, get come back to bed, differentiate your business, and thrive. And have fun doing it. It's one of the things that I love about these two guys. Uh, and and in, your, in your book, you said, don't just sell your customers. Have fun with them. Create fun throughout your company and your employees should know it's okay to have fun it should be part of your culture unless you're the least fun person and it would be inauthentic for you to be fun but then maybe therapy i don't know but guys thank you so much uh, thank you for all you do for the industry and guys can you pull up the uh, amazon link uh so people can go to amazon and uh and grab their book. Also, um, if you guys are, for some reason, have not listened to Dos Marcos podcast, the world's, no, it's not the world's best. It's the galaxy's uh, best mattress podcast. I'm sorry. I just, George Jetson, hey, we, we, visions we, of George we, Jetson going through my mind. We eat our own cooking. Okay. We created a category, mattress podcast, where we could be number one. <laughs> and by the way, if you do want to pick up the book in audio format, we have the audio book on Audible as well. You can get it through Amazon. So if you're driving along, you know, there are a lot of reps out there with a lot of windshield time. There are a lot yeah. of store owners, you I know, do, people that like know. to work out. Go get it right now. Uh, I, that's all I listen to, Audible, when I'm in my car. So Bam. thank you, guys. Thanks for everything you do. And uh, 
ha- keep doing what you're doing and uh, thank you so much and i cannot wait for your next book and i hope it doesn't take a pandemic for us to have you guys write another book well pete we appreciate being on your show and we appreciate you too our friendship with you and all you do for the industry and um for everyone listening uh appreciate all you guys and i uh, hope everyone's doing well and hanging in there and hanging tough so Thanks, guys. Take care.